Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know us, we're your HR analytics dashboard, helping you to automate your entire reporting and analytics process. We know a lot of you HR and people ops leaders out there are using multiple disconnected HR systems. And when it comes time to reporting, you're pulling spreadsheets together, which is manual, tedious, and time-consuming. Well, we are looking to help you get rid of that process with our HR analytics dashboard that has pre-built integration connectors to the most popular systems out there to be able to pull all your data into one real-time, shareable HR analytics dashboard. Don't wait any longer. Go to EmployeeCycle.com, check us out, get a demo. We would love to help you become smarter and more data-driven. But that's enough about me and our company, because today we have a great guest on the show. So please help me welcome Arun Phillip. He's the Head of Talent Acquisition in HR Operations Canada at IBS Software. And today we're discussing how employers can stand out in the hiring process. Arun, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for the warm welcome, Bruce. Really appreciate you for inviting me to this podcast. Of course. Thank you for joining the podcast. It means the world to us. So, Arun, we're going to kick this thing off the best way we know how, and that's by asking you, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? Well, it's an interesting question. And I would say that for me, it was a conscious decision. It was uh, I think yeah, during my undergrad days, as I started getting exposed to the HR function, unfortunately, you know what I heard at that time around about HR was not that great. HR was seen as those people who sit inside cabins and come out with policies and processes that are not employee friendly, and also seen as management stooges. In other words, they were not a team that people could relate to or seen as a people friendly function. So instead of pushing me away, it somehow fascinated me because I thought that there were so many complex challenges that interested me. Uh, and you hear the statement a lot, people are our most valued assets. But how many of them realize that people are quite complex too? Each person is a unique creation and how each person thinks, acts, reacts, is quite different. So you don't have a blanket approach to deal with people in a team or an organization. You need to have a varied approach to be a successful people-friendly company. And all these factors made me want to make a career in the wonderful world of HR. And I, I specialized in HR in my during my B school. And 22 years after I, uh, you know, graduated, I'm still in HR and very much loving it. Awesome. So Arun, today we're talking about how employers can stand out in the hiring process. And with you being the head of talent acquisition at your organization, I'm assuming that you know a lot about this. So the first thing that I want to ask you is why is it important? to stand out in the hiring process before we talk about how do you do it. Okay. So uh, I, I'll take a step back and then I just tell, you know, uh, the kind of geographies that we focus on. So as a as an organization where we've got footprint in five geographies, we hire a lot of talent from across the globe. So each market is remarkably different. And the experience that we get out of different markets is different. And, and that's a, a, you know, a learning process too for us. Now, 
let's uh, pick up uh, you know India as a market where I would say 85% of the talent acquisition that we do is primarily India. It's a tough market to deal with where um, job market is really hard uh, out of uh, you know uh, the X number of offers that we roll out, 40% of the candidates finally join. You know, I'm talking about candidates who have accepted the offer and, and people just drop off. And this is not specific to IBS as a company. This is this is what all the organizations are doing, whether it's big or small. It's crazy. And and primary reason is because, you know, when you assess candidates and all that, you realize that, you know, there are these really good ones. And many of the companies are, are pursuing the same talent. So which means finally, when it comes down to the uh, finishing line, what makes a person choose one employer over the other? You know, so these days, candidates are looking for more than just a paycheck. And since they get to choose which employer they want to invest their time into, they are more likely to assess the company's reputation. And the, um, the information is, you know, so much information is available on the net. If you just search for an organization, you get to read about reviews. You get to hear about the reviews done on Glassdoor about a particular organization where people have put the past employees, the present employees have, have put so much comment and, and you have the opportunity to, to voice it or either anon- as an anonymous person or you can even put. So as a candidate, they have enough and more information to check uh, the employee that they are, you know, they want to be part, you know, build a career with. So your corporate culture dictates whether an applicant will choose you or your competitor. So make your workplace unique, make your employee value proposition stand out and see candidates who will either fit or add to the work environment you created. So that's the, uh, uh, you know, uh, the kind of a baseline. Now, over and above that, when you start interacting with candidates, what makes you different? You know, as a, as a recruiter, um, you know, when you reach out to the candidates, the candidate gets to uh, know about the company through the recruiter's, ex, you know, uh, engagement. You know your uh, your brand name might be there in the in, in the marketplace that you're in, but then when they interact with the recruiter, and I tell my recruiters, you know it's a it's an important thing that you're doing. You're a salesperson for the organization where you're going to you know sell the company, sell the role that we have, and make them want to join us. Um, so you got to spend time, um, you know. Uh, Tell the candidate in detail. It's not just a one-way questioning kind of a thing where you ask them, you know, what's your, what's your exposure like? What what's the skill set that you have? You know, tell me about the experience that you have in your previous organization, so on and so forth. You know, all that is okay. But I would want you to spend more than fifty percent of the time assigned in 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 the candidate engagement to let the candidate know much more about the organization than you know what he or she would find. So in terms of how the role would fit in into the candidate's career, uh, you know, uh, uh, progression, what his interests or her, her interests are like, um, you know, what are the other things about the organization that you would want to let that person know, and and make that uh, time to, to you know spend time letting the candidate know about the organization, and at the end of the uh, that you know uh, time that spent. A candidate would definitely would value the time spent, the kind of you know effort that you're invested in that engagement. So, uh, letting that person know how he or she can add value, you know, once you're part of the IBS family, and uh, talk about the uh, different uh, you know technology uh, exposure that he or she will get, the kind of uh, um, uh, trends that uh, you know, 
we are seeing, what the organization is going through. And as an organization, we have always active in terms of client acquisitions, um, mergers and acquisitions, and we have done too many in the past. So let that uh, first in, uh, initial uh, engagement talk about all that so that the person knows that uh, a lot of details are shared so that he or she can make a, a, a judgment in terms of you know what makes it different. So make that initial engagement uh, uh, be worthwhile for that candidate. Uh, and I, we've so uh, Arun, let me you. There's a lot to break down from what you were just saying. And so one of the first things that I wanted to ask is: it sounds like that most, if not all, of your employees are working remote, or do you still have people going to the office? Um, as an organization, we've said that we absolutely fine with you know anybody working remote. However, we have got the facility and we've got phenomenally beautiful, you know, workspaces where you can come and work anytime. So we have not, um, also we have uh, um, groomed all the managers to ensure that they are capable of managing work remotely. So you can have people across uh, different, you know, geographies, doesn't matter where they are uh, logging from, but uh, managers have also been equipped uh, to manage work remotely. So. People are free to come to office and work. Um, there are no restrictions, uh, or they can work remotely. And we have the collaborative tools to ensure that you know they can connect with the team and and, and work. It doesn't matter. Got it. The reason why I ask you that is because as you were mentioning your employee brand, your employer brand value prop, I know a lot of companies have been promoting remote work, but it seems to be that that's just a baseline, and it has to be so much more than that. So as you really start to dig deep into your specific value prop, what types of things are you saying to employees to really make you stand out? Because when you look at a lot of the employer brand videos and job descriptions, it all kind of sounds the same. Okay. Okay. So um, when uh, when you start interacting with uh, candidates, one thing every candidate also expects is that, okay, I have the freedom to choose how I work or you know whether it's going to be in office or whether it's going to be um, you know in office. Um, so it it, it uh, is right now a candidate driven market way you know, and 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 the last two years has defined how the workplace uh, has changed. Now, how you uh, add value is that um, we are fine. We have the infrastructure to uh, ensure that you know whichever mode that you opt for we have the infrastructure to support you doesn't matter it doesn't affect you know which mode that you take it's not going to affect your uh, performance or 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 anything it finally it's just performance which matters doesn't matter you know what you choose or how you wish to contribute uh, to the team so ensuring that they have the infrastructure to support if it's working from home to ensure that um, um, you get the uh, infrastructure in your home to support the work, you have the, um, uh, the company will reimburse you for the, um, you know, the data, uh, uh, you know, uh, internet tax and all the rest of which, uh, you know, place that you're working out of, um, um, a laptop, the uh, furniture, everything, you know. So it, it takes care of everything. So just letting that person know that, you know, you have that option available, you know, whichever way you want to choose. Uh, to work, it doesn't matter. We will support you. And and the managers, as I said before, even each each and every person, and the people manager are equipped to 
they all been before the pandemic hit actually we made them all go through a remote working uh, training model where they are told the do's and the don'ts and when it comes to managing a remote team and and we were coming out of a a, a phase where uh, most of the people were comfortable working at, you know at a particular place so our recruitment uh, focus areas also have changed considerably where previously managers used to say okay i would want a person recruited from this particular location or you, you can recruit uh, a candidate from anywhere but then i would want the person to work out of this city that's changed completely where you know doesn't matter where, where a person is uh, uh, managers have been uh, groomed to you know be equipped to manage that that uh, difference in time difference in you know culture that the the person is from uh, you know the diversity is uh, really welcome in this organization so letting the person know letting candidate know up front when and and a lot of them had that question uh, when you engage them uh, initially you know does your company uh, promote uh, or work from home uh, so can i work you know i'm i'm at this and that's absolutely fine that's absolutely fine Interesting. For any HR or talent acquisition professionals listening to this podcast who is learning a lot from what you're saying, but they're still not sure some of the things that they should not do, are there things that you shouldn't do when you're trying to stand out? Are there things that you see people overpromising certain things or there are things that just don't make sense? They may make your company be perceived in a bad light. Um, it would be great to end with some of the things that a company should not do when they're trying to stand out in the hiring process, which you believe will backfire. Okay, absolutely. And, and you yourself you know, said that when you were just sharing it now. You know, don't overpromise anything because if you're not able to deliver or um, you know, uh, give what you have promised, it, it'll turn out to be a very negative thing. So for example, you know, when, when the pandemic uh, hit, you know, um, we, you know, we are in the travel transportation logistics sector. We don't know what exactly because we knew that, you know, airlines are getting affected, uh, so much things. So, uh, we had uh, part of our uh, commitment was to the existing employees because, as an employer, uh, we are very cautious when it comes to hiring. We don't uh, have a, in fact, we don't have a bench strength at all. So it's all real time. In a, you know when the need arises that's when we recruit we, we don't have absolutely zero bench so uh, since we are very cautious we were we didn't have a you know a, a, a lot of uh, people that we had offered and yet to join uh, because the pandemic hit it was a slow uh, you know phase where you know we had early warnings in uh, uh, November 2019 where Hiring slowly started because as a cautious company, we slowly started stepping off the gas with respect to hiring. So when it came to March, when it kind of a lockdown kind of a thing, we only had around 50 odd people that we had offered and yet to join. And we told them, we uh, ensured that we spoke to each one of them and said that we are going to onboard you. In the uh, you know uh, uh, without any change in what we committed in terms of you know the offer and all that we are not going to negotiate on that. However, uh, maybe there could be a, a week delay before we onboard, and we uh, you know uh, uh, did as per what we committed. We onboard each and every candidate that uh, you know had accepted our offer, and even after that, 
we uh, did everything in a measured way that you know we uh, we uh, uh, introduced a variable pay so only for senior managers and above was a variable pay uh, uh, existing the only thing that we did at that point in time is that uh, to go through that tough period we introduced variable pay for everybody and we ensured that though we undercommitted we ensured that every employee was paid 100% of the variable pay after 6 months you know and that's what we committed so when it comes to hiring, we undercommit but overdeliver, and that really, you know, brings a wow factor uh, for each and every candidate uh, because it's better to, you know, undercommit uh, than overcommit, and then find if you're not able to, uh, you know, do that, that's going to be a negative thing in the minds of candidates. And with social media, people can go and say that okay, this company did promise me so X, Y, Z, and finally they did not deliver anything, and and I'm so pissed off. So that's not what we would want to <laughs> want to get into. We want like to be, yeah, we want to be a company who you know if we say something, we stick with it. And and integrity and you know uh, the uh, you know trust factor is extremely important, Bruce. In in this time where so much changes and and it's a lot of flux happening, and uh, uh, we don't want to uh, be known as an employee who doesn't stick with what we come with. So very important for us. Awesome. Really appreciate that. Very short and sweet and well said. Under promise, over deliver. That's awesome. Arun, I could talk to you about this all day because it's such an important topic, but thank you so much for being such a great and thoughtful podcast guest and really providing a lot of context around this really important topic. So thank you so much. Woo! Go Arun! Thank you so much. And, you know, um, I didn't realize that we, uh, you know, crossed so much uh, time already, you know, uh, you know, recruitment is one area which I'm so passionate about. And, I, you know, like you said, we can go on and on and on and talk about too much things. But thank you once again, Bruce, for inviting me. Uh, this is my first podcast. And I really appreciate that. Awesome. And where can people find you and IBS Software online? Um, we um, So IBS, uh, we've got, uh, you know, Twitter, you know, I think uh, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, we've got uh, a presence in uh, you know, all, all these platforms. Um, uh, we also there, you know, our website is www.ibsplc.com and uh, the careers page is there and all the information is there. Uh, we have a lot of uh, material on YouTube too, uh, leadership talk, uh, interaction with, you know, employees and all that. Um, so I, I'm also active on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn, Arun George Phillip, search and, and you can find me online. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include all those show notes or all that information in the show notes. So for everyone out there that enjoyed this episode as much as Arun and I did making it, please leave us a five-star rating wherever you would like. And if you would like to continue listening to more Employee Cycle Podcast episodes, please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other podcast platforms. And last but not least, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.